0: All right, so before I get started, I'm gonna, we're gonna take six minutes, five to six minutes. Keep those announcements up, if you will. Thanks, Chuck. Oh, Chuck, this is good right here. I wanna welcome Haley. Haley has a testimony that I've asked her to share with everyone. This is a brand new young lady to Covenant Church. And so I'd like for you to put your hands together for Haley McIntyre. I am having her share this because God is doing a huge work, and we don't, have, we, we don't have a set time for a lot of testimonies, but this is one that shows a glimpse of what God's doing.
1: Hello, my name is Haley. I'm going to start with a verse I heard on Monday night on Pastor Breeze Live that I feel is very fitting to me and maybe a few of you in this new season, and that is Psalm 34 8, and it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. About a month ago, I fully made the commitment to give my life over to the Lord. (laughs) I was going through some things in my marriage, and I was being lukewarm. Well, I say that, but God and I never had a close relationship. I thought I knew God, but I only knew of God. Even after he had done many amazing things for me in my life, like meeting the man in my dreams, or having my beautiful daughter, or even saving my mother's life from a heart attack. About a month ago, generational curses started tearing not only me but my family apart. We made the decision the next day after taking or talking it over and attending a Wednesday night church service just like tonight. We were done being lukewarm and living in the world of sin. This past weekend was the women's conference. The enemy was coming for me hard. My daughter got sick and the enemy tried to use the spirit of anxiety and the spirit of control to use those things to pit me against Heath. The enemy knows I love being a mom, and mothers want to dote on their sick infants. It's natural. When she started to get better, he realized that wasn't going to keep me from coming to an encounter with the Lord. And he came directly for me, targeting me again hard. I started to develop the beginning stages of mastitis, which is when you, do, when you breastfeed an infant, you have milk thugs as any mammal does. And the milk ducts can get clogged and get inflamed, and that can cause mastitis, and you can get very sick and even septic from it, so it can be very serious. So I started to develop symptoms of this and very bad pain. I felt like I had the flu. I had 101 fever and body aches. I sat in the bathtub crying to Heath, being a victim of the enemy, saying, I wish I could go. He's taking this from me, when I just had to show up. I texted my sister-in-law, who I love dearly. (laughs) I texted her, and I said, I can't come up there like this. She's been going through some personal things, and she said, Sister, I'm hurting, and I'm going. I wouldn't let a fever or some pain stop you from coming, so I declared it in the name of the Lord. He would fix me so I could just show up. Friday rolled around, and I I felt better, but I was on the fence about going because of fear and social anxiety. And what if this, and what if that? But I came, and at that conference, I was transformed into a whole new person with a new name. My chains were loosed, and I am free. I got home from grocery shopping Sunday, after church, and the enemy was still targeting me. I prayed for a new friend, and the enemy tried making me think that my new friend Jesus was mad at me for it, for praying and trying to help her. That was Satan's lies. After some advice-seeking, I rebuked the devil and took my newfound joy back. When I got home, my soul was on fire for the Lord. I was messing around being goofy in my bedroom and came up with this little jingle jangle. I may embarrass myself, but if the old me that died can embarrass herself doing things of the world, I will proudly embarrass myself for the Lord and please him. Okay. (laughs) The devil is a liar. (laughs) The devil is a cheat. He'll try to tear you down, take salvation out. That's what he did to me. His lies are filled with poison. He gnashes his teeth. He gets so mad when I'm with my dad in the presence of the king. (laughs) God can save you. He saved me. My chains are broken. I am free. (laughs) Miracles happen when we declare he is king of kings.
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. If you know Vernell, and after that, we should follow that up with where my Esther's at. <laughs> Thank you, Haley. Um, Hannah sent me that. She recorded it for for Hannah, and I said, "Oh, that is too precious. That is like a baby learning to talk. God is doing so much." So. Never, 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 ever let the fire die inside of you. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, I'm going to pray and then get started, so let's do what we do. You pray for me, and I'll pray for you. Lord, thank you for this night. Thank you for a Kairos moment. Thank you for divine convergence. Thank you for things happening that only you can make happen we yield to you lord we humble ourselves before you we look to you with anticipation and excitement and gratitude we thank you lord that you are the king of glory but you don't keep it all to yourself You are sharing your glory among us here in the earth, and it is a huge, huge thing. I ask, Lord, that your glory would be in this place and that you would open the hearts of every single person that will be hearing this message tonight, and I ask that you speak through me in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I'm going to try my hardest to um, impart what the Lord has given me tonight, And we are moving into the second part of a series that we launched on November the 15th entitled The Healthy Church. Tonight we're going to start part two. The first one was The Church as a Body. Tonight we're going to start part two, and it's The Church as a Mother. I'm not going to take the time for those announcements, and so you guys just need to get the calendar and get online and get on Facebook um, for the announcements this week. We do have several that are worth checking. I just don't feel like I have the time to go through them yet right now. And this is very important. So, but thank you. Thank you. So, uh, we're moving into the, the church as a mother. Now, um, when I started this series, I, 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 I put it all in my notes this way. The church as a body part one, the church as a bride, part two, and the church as a mother, part three. But you you guys already know that um, I was going to teach about adaptability on December... Let's see if I can remember all the dates. December the 20th, I was going to teach about adaptability and the church needing to be adaptable. I struggled, struggled, struggled to get those notes on paper. I, I could not do it. I was trying... And um, Bryce walked through the door while I was struggling on that Wednesday, unable to just get it out. I knew I needed to talk about adaptability, but it was not flowing, so Bryce walked, um, came to my house, unaware, because it's his house too, still. So he walked through the door, and I said, oh, you've told me that you have a sermon. Are you ready to do it tonight? (laughs) Tonight would be a great night for your sermon, and he said... Uh, I think I can do it. And so, as you know, he taught on December the 20th about the fear of the Lord. It was perfect timing. We needed it that night. So I just assumed that adaptability would be the next week. And no, it was not. So then I assumed that adaptability would, or being adaptable would be the next week, which puts us at Uh, January the 3rd and no it was not so then I thought it would be January the 10th and no it was not I just kept getting different direction from the Lord finally on January the 17th it was so apparent that it was time to give the lesson of the church being adaptable do y'all remember that's the last time I taught it was two weeks ago the presence of the Lord moved in this place so strong While I was studying that night, I felt very clear direction from the Lord. Like he said, end this part. Adaptability is going to transition us into, it's going to transition into part two, which will not be the church as the bride. It's time now to go into the church as a mother. All right? I didn't question it. I'm going to ask that... um, they put who do i have mr benjamin thank you ben you always do a great job it would you put the picture up there i talked about how we were going to be transitioning um into the church as a mother and i briefly said as a mother the church as a mother we have to learn to be adaptable a mother's body adapts as you can see to new life that is growing inside of her and the neat thing about a mother's body is that it expands as new life is growing inside of her and then what does a mother do as new life is growing inside of her she starts making room for new life so as you look right over that way and you you see expansion and you see new room, we're working on a nursery because it is time for babies to be born in the spirit realm. So let me just establish briefly a few uh, scriptures so you will know that I'm not off base. Jesus himself actually, in speaking to the disciples, he he compares what they are going to face to a mother, a woman in labor. So you can read in John chapter 16, verse 17. He says, most assuredly, and we're probably around verse 19 now. So it'll be John chapter 16. I'm going to guess 19 because I'm not going to read this whole passage. He says, most assuredly, I say to you, That you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. And you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish. For joy that a human being has been born into the world. So he's comparing what the, what the disciples, which now we are the disciples, what we would walk through, comparing that to a mother giving birth. He says, therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. That was Jesus's idea to compare to a mother giving birth. So now let's look at how Paul puts it. <clears throat> Paul in Galatians chapter 4 verse 19 says, My little children, speaking to the spiritual children that he led and discipled. He says, My little children for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. He's using a physical analogy to represent something spiritual. And what he's establishing here is that the church acts as a spiritual mother to the people that Christ is bringing and birthing into the kingdom. Jesus uses the term born again when he's walking on the earth. And so all of this birth Um, and God is the father, the church acts as the mother. And we're going to spend a few weeks talking about what a mother does that we are supposed to do. A mother nurtures, a mother teaches, a mother feeds, a mother sacrifices, a mother gives. Okay. So Paul is teaching here. He's, he's using the analogy of a mother. Now let's look also in first Thessalonians two and four. He says, but as we have been approved by God, 1 Thessalonians 2 and 4, as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. For neither at any time did we use flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak for covetousness, God is witness, nor did we seek glory from men, either from you or from others when we might have made demands as apostles of Christ. Now, that is how we should be today. He says, but we were gentle among you. How? Just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. So, affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives. Do you see there that Paul is using symbolism here for the church being like a mother, giving, feeding, nurturing, giving of herself to the people that she is discipling. Do y'all see that there? Let me lay one more down and then that's gonna be the foundation. Just I want you to know I'm not just using an analogy that doesn't have scriptural foundation. 1 Corinthians 3 and 1, 1 Corinthians 3 and 1 says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. There again, he is referring to the wisdom of a mother who knows not to choke her baby with what the baby cannot yet handle. Okay? So we're going to talk about the church as a mother. And tonight what I felt like the Lord was saying is it is time. It is time and this service is going to be like a a pre-delivery or a delivery prep. We're going to prepare ourselves for what God is doing. So, Bryce, if you could get me a water, please. Thank you, baby. So, um, let me just kind of tell you how you, I'll scan the building, everybody that is here, you are a part of something that is called a Kairos moment. K-A-I-R-O-S. That is a Greek word, and Kairos is a word for time. But kairos time is not like 7.29 p.m. 7.29 p.m. is the time right now. That is in Greek. That is called chronos time. Chronos time. Kairos time is not chronos time. Chronos time is chronological time. Everybody got that? Chronological time. Today is Wednesday. What's tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Kairos time is more like. Before modern medicine, it would be more like Casey and Lily Kate. That baby's coming when God says it's time. Okay? You have a promise, but there comes a Kairos moment where God says it's time. It is time. Kairos time is not bound by Kronos time. So whenever birth happens according to the plan of God, it doesn't matter if Mary and Joseph are in Bethlehem with nowhere to stay. Cairo's time says it's the fullness of time. It's time for the Messiah to be birthed. Okay, so Cairo's time has everything to do with spiritual momentum. You can kind of compare it to if you plant your, your potatoes and your onions in a couple of weeks on Valentine's Day and you wait, Kairos time is when those things start coming to life. We don't get to make Kairos time happen. We're not the author of Kairos time. God Almighty is the author of Kairos time. But we can miss the opportunity that Kairos time brings. You got it? Okay. So let's talk about something called a kairos moment it's delivery time um that i'm going to share with you the moment that we're in it's extremely important that everybody grab a hold of this with me because what will happen is someone next to you that that yields to and surrenders to the, the momentum and the opportunity that God has ordained for this moment, they will obtain what somebody else sitting next to them that does not grasp the opportunity will miss. So that's how when Jesus walked through, say, Capernaum, imagine this, one person is healed, somebody else in Capernaum is not. They have to ask themselves the question, like, how, how did you get healed and I didn't get healed? And they said, oh, well, I knew Jesus was here. Amen. So you may ask somebody, like, how is your family getting delivered and my family's not get, getting delivered? Like, how are you getting filled with the Holy Ghost and I'm not getting filled with the Holy Ghost? The answer is, well, I knew Jesus was here with a Kairos moment. You got it okay so you need to know what God has ordained for this moment so you don't have to miss it so let me just tell you a timeline here a spiritual timeline so you know that I was gonna teach I anticipated or planned to go from the church as a body to the church as a bride but two weeks ago I felt clearly like the Lord said No, you're going from the church as a body to the church as a mother. I'm going to ask Ben to play that clip. Kirk, we will need some sound. next series is, the next part of the series is the church as a mother. A mother's body must adapt in order to cultivate new life and development and growth within her body. Mothers that don't adapt, either the baby dies or the mother dies. 287,000 women died in childbirth in 2020. Because their body could not handle it. Churches that cannot adapt. Either they will have no babies, or they will kill their babies, or they will die. That's where we're going next. It's important. We will let him send us into less than ideal situations. All right, so I didn't know where we were going to go after that, and I just spoke that uh, following the leading of the Spirit. Now, I do want to give you this disclaimer. Through the years, I have really, really uh, worried about people feeling like I'm trying to promote myself, but I feel like you guys know me well enough to know that I don't come into the equation at all. Like, there, I, don't, I can't promote myself because I don't come into the equation at all. I have to recognize that God spoke through a donkey In the Old Testament, so you don't have to be all that special for God to speak through you, okay? So, I'm not promoting myself, and I almost held back on these for fear of that, and then I thought that would really be, um, I would do you an injustice if I didn't allow you to see the things that God is doing in this moment. So, um, after Lexi began to sing... And people began to respond in their pews at the altar, if you remember that moment. Then I felt led to step back up to the podium and say this under the leading of the Spirit. Let's go to number two. Very soon, the Lord is going to call us into a three day revival. I don't know when, and I don't know with who, and we're not going to have any notice. There will be no notice. It's going to be bam, three day revival And you're going to have to adapt To it We're going to do it We're going to do it He's already spoken it, he's already planned it And we don't even know about it And we won't get notice In February We're going to fast For three weeks However the Lord leads you to fast We're going to have to adapt But we're going to do it We're all in we're all in we're all in, in Jesus name, amen. You can go. All right, so in those moments, we did not know what was happening. We did not know that God was beginning to do a work. so the next day we met for the uh, fight time conference meeting, and we had a four hour meeting, a four hour working meeting to prepare for the fight time conference. Um, on that day, somebody spoke up and said, I had a dream involving a baby that's not yet born. I had a dream involving pregnancy and a baby that was not yet born, and, and they were looking for interpretation for that dream, and I said, well, any time you dream about a baby, and you all need to know this, anytime time that you dream about a baby, it can mean a spiritual promise. It could be the birth of a spiritual promise or the birth of a ministry. It has spiritual connections when you dream about a baby. And so uh, she shared the dream, and and it was very clear that uh, God was God. It it, it felt like a spiritual dream, like something is going to be birthed. Then the very next morning, somebody called me and said, I've had a disturbing dream. And I need to share it with you. I had a dream that a mother was pregnant and they had a car accident and they died. And everybody was saying, oh, no, she's pregnant. Oh, no, she had a baby. And and the mother and the baby died. Let me teach you this right now. If you ever have a dream involving death, you need to, when you wake up, you need to say, I do not come into agreement with that dream. Satan, I reject any, any agreement that you try to get me to come into with you, and I cancel, by the blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus, I cancel all of your assignments, okay? Anytime a dream ever involves death, You do not have to come because Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly, but the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So it's very important that if you have a dream that is from the enemy, you do not come into agreement with that dream. So I interpreted that dream to her and I said, we need to to rebuke that dream, the enemy in that dream right now in Jesus' name, because what that is trying to get you to come into agreement with is the death of a ministry before it's born. That is trying to get you to come into agreement with the death of a ministry before it's born. And just the day before, it was told to us, there is a promise coming, okay, so, right then, we, we canceled, we rejected, we rebuked it, rebuked the enemy in the name of Jesus, and we said, you, no weapon formed against this house shall prosper in the name of Jesus. Maybe, I wish I knew the, the, the time of that phone call, but after that phone call, I looked down on my phone, a third dream sent to me regarding a pregnancy I'm going to read this one it says this this morning this is, the, this is right after we cancelled the dream of a the death of a ministry here's the new one or the, the one that, that I saw afterwards this morning These people are not even talk like, this person that I'm about to read from didn't know about the other two dreams. So she said, this morning I was reminded of a dream I had a few days ago. Didn't think much of it, even though I smiled about it later. Today it was impressed upon, today it was impressed upon me to share it. Because there might have been a spiritual meaning. In the dream, I didn't see you pregnant, Bree, only on the bed about to give birth. And you had twins now remember this is not physical this is spiritual okay i knew that one was a boy don't know if the other was a boy or a girl people were saying wow how did this happen we didn't expect this it's amazing etc she said i may be totally wrong but today i felt like our church body has been in revival giving birth to the lost god has been giving new life through new birth But we are about to see double the amount of people being born again and raised to new life. Two or more at a time, not just one at a time. Just like when Jesus told Peter to cast his net on the other side of the boat, there will be more fish, more people than anyone can believe or imagine. The net has been cast. They are coming. I feel it. That was exactly one week before Fight Time Conference. Then the following Sunday night, we filled this house with prayer, and immediately after that, enemy attacks started. Out of nowhere, I mean, people that are not connected, just the enemy, I'm talking about like coming in like a flood upon people. And as as one of the pastors said, I could feel the weight of the attacks. And I'm not talking about little tiny attacks. I'm talking about big attacks that want to take people under. Haley's testimony is an example. Mastitis out of nowhere. Kids that are sick. High fever. Bad news. uh, CPS called. Authorities called. Just all... Unbelievable, intense attacks that I want to call labor pains. And they were intense. So as the conference started approaching, we started seeing breakthrough in people's lives. Right as the conference began approaching. And I'm talking about battles like Davy Trawick being told something's not right inside of your body. He's a man that had to have a mammogram. You don't find that very often. Said, We've got to take six samples because this doesn't look right. We're going to take six samples in a biopsy. And then uh, the fear and, and the worry. It was just stuff coming up on people like that. Wednesday night after church, the presence of God moved last Wednesday. We immediately started seeing some breakthroughs, miracles happening. David Clay got a miracle. And then on Thursday, Davy received his, uh, his miracle and things just began. We started, we saw breakthrough on Friday night with a couple that was Uh, facing intense attack we started seeing some things beginning to break so on friday and saturday we had the conference and it definitely was a spiritual encounter amen was it a spiritual encounter Many women have testimonies of being set free. Many women have testimonies of being set free, being filled with the Holy Spirit, being released from curses, and we had zero people planned to be baptized. We ran water for Sunday. Saturday, we baptized five unprepared ladies at the conference. Now, I don't know how you go from zero to five. Like, what kind of math is that? Because zero times, five times of zero is still zero. So what kind of math is that other than God math? These are ladies that did not come with clothes, did not come prepared to be baptized, okay? This month alone, as we end January, we have baptized 19 people this month alone. Glory, glory, glory. Okay, I am sticking to my notes because I've got to make sure I don't leave details out. So my husband came to me before the final session. And now after I gave the prophecy of a three-night revival, we didn't talk about it. That was not planned. I didn't even go back to him to be like, I hope that's okay. Like, what are we going to do? I knew that I didn't author it and I don't touch it. You don't make something happen. So my husband and I never talked about it. I didn't even know if he heard it. So the conference, I mean, many, many things are happening. God's moving and he meets me like right over here and he says, he comes up to me and he's like, "Uh, what do you think if we call a three-night revival? <sighs> Here's the bad thing. Fear gripped my heart immediately, and I said, "Baby, everybody's going to be so tired." And I was so convicted after that. So he said, "We won't do it right now. Then we'll do it in two weeks." And so he came up here, and as he was announcing, "I feel like we need to have a three-night revival," I was fearful. Like people are going to feel like we're we're hurting them. People are going to feel like we're 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 driving them too fast and too hard. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said. Remember what I prophesied through you. And this is what I felt today. He had to prophesy it through me because I was going to be the biggest enemy to what God was calling to be done. Because nobody else has influence in Jeremy Driver's life like me. And when he walks up and says, let's have a three-night revival, if I act like Saria with Abraham, then I intermingle my fleshly way of thinking and shut it down. So... I felt like the Lord said, I had to prophesy, don't get all excited that I prophesied through you. I prophesied through you, donkey, because you were going to be the donkey in the way of what I want to do. So then, every time I wanted to be afraid, he said, you better hush. You better not open your mouth to your husband. I have ordained this. I have spoken this. You even said it. So, do not interfere. Okay. So all of that is going on. So I just said to my husband, after I said, people will be so tired. I said, the Lord will lead you, babe. Cause I know there's no room for my flesh in this equation. So then I spoke at the conference about three mothers Eve, who listened to the voice of the enemy and brought forth death. Sariah, you could just call her Breanne, (laughs) who trusted her own way of thinking and birthed a worldwide predicament that is still happening today. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, who said, according to your word, Lord, be it unto me. And she birthed the Messiah that is giving us life tonight. Okay. So I talked about three mothers. I had no idea that that was not that was to me. Because the Lord was saying you're about to have the opportunity to give life to what I want and what I'm calling forth or to to stop and kill. Not ever putting together the dream of a, the death of a ministry. So Sunday, we rolled into Sunday, 361 people in this house Sunday morning. That's a record for a normal Sunday. That's not Easter. That's not Mother's Day. 361 people anticipating a mighty move of God. That's the highest number that we have had on a regular Sunday. The house was full of people and full of anticipation. Okay. As we are sitting there, or excuse me, as as it's time for my husband to come to the pulpit, you know that I all dismiss the children. I always dismiss the children. And I uh, saw my aunt and uncle who are here from Rockwall, were here from Rockwall, and I thought, you know, we really need to honor them, and so I asked them to stand, and then I felt like the Lord said, call them up here. No notice, nothing. I said, would you please come? And so they came. I did, what I did not know was that, because we had not visited, the the conference was too fast-paced. You couldn't visit with anybody. You could hold like a two-minute conversation, and that was it. So my uncle was in town, but I had not got to visit with him, and my aunt was attending the conference. He plays a spiritual role in our lives. So when I invited them up, I invited them up to pray for us and bless us, not knowing that on the way to church, his wife asked a question like wives most often do, and he didn't answer like so many times husbands often do. (laughs) And she asked another question like wives so often do. was, And it was this. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And he said, I'm sorry, babe. I'm I'm in deep thought because the Lord is downloading something in my spirit. And I've got to tell Jeremy and Bree. And I don't know how I'm going to tell them. I don't know when I'm going to tell them. But maybe I can find them after church to share this with them. So when I said... I'd like my uncle and aunt to come. He knew that that was the open door to speak to us. I can't pull it up because it has not. We had internet trouble that day and it's not. It should be uploaded to, it was trying to upload when I came upstairs. So it, it might be uploaded to YouTube now. Completely unplanned. He did not know about any of the dreams. We don't talk that much, enough to know that kind of stuff. He didn't know about any of the dreams. He did not know that I was launching today part two of this series entitled The Church as a what? He didn't know that. He stepped up to this platform, and he took the microphone. I pulled up the video footage, and this is what he said. He said, The Lord has spoken to me to tell you, you're not done. You're just getting started. A new season is about to be birthed. Then he doubled down. It's, and a new beginning is about to be birthed. He didn't say birth once, he said birthed twice. The dream was not one baby. The dream was two babies. And if you study dreams, then you know birth being spoken twice here is the same as two babies being born. That's not all. I have a shirt on that says 122 miles an hour. And here's why. What are the odds that the first time I meet the the police chief in Rusk, I'm wearing a shirt that says 122 miles per hour. I thought that was pretty funny. My uncle looked at the congregation and said, it's It's a new beginning that's about to be birthed. It's going to take every bit of might that every single one of you have. Will you answer the call? Then he said, buckle your seatbelt, and brace yourself. Then he said, I believe, or I think I said, when I went back and watched the footage, I said, Uncle Jackie, I had a dream that you were in, and I believe this moment right here is launching that dream. Let me tell you my dream. Christmas morning, in the wee hours of the morning, I had a dream that my Uncle Jackie, who was here, and none of this was planned. I did not even know that he was going to get to come to the conference. I had a dream that he was driving in a vehicle. Remember vehicle and vehicle that the other dream was. We were drive- He was driving in a vehicle, and I was in the passenger side. And I said, wow, this... This trip is so smooth. Like there's, there's no traffic in the way. I am blown away at how smooth this trip is. And he's just driving. He said, yeah, man. He said, this trip is so smooth that I'm able to average like 122 miles per hour. <laughs> and in my dream, we never even blinked at it. We were averaging 122 miles per hour, and, and then in my dream, we took a left, and as we took a left, another vehicle came up beside us and crashed over to the right. And I could look, and there was just piled up like a wrecking yard of crashed vehicles, and he said, we don't need to stop. We just need to carry on. We need to keep going right now. Well, I didn't know why my uncle was in that dream, but in studying dreams, I did know this. I did know that a vehicle represents a ministry or a business, but my uncle has nothing to do with our business. His role in our lives is a spiritual role role with the church. So we knew that the interpretation of that had to be something to do with the church. And I felt like the Lord was saying, you're about to grow. You're about to go forward at a rate of speed that is super high. But it will be smooth because my hand is in it. But I still didn't understand why my uncle was driving the car. Instead of my husband driving the car. And then on Sunday morning. Women's conference. That, that the ladies were holding and launching. Okay. It has nothing to do that. The men are very much into the, in this. But what was happening. The timing. Ladies conference. My uncle steps up to this platform. And he says a new season Is about to be birthed and he ended with this the time is now and the Spirit of the Lord said that's why he was in the driver's seat because when he got to you on the platform that's the Kairos moment it is time it is time it is time so here's why you have to know about this because in less than 48 hours We are going to launch a God called revival and we're going to have some babies and it's not going to be one at a time. If we've had one at a time, then you get ready for two at a time. You get ready to grow. You get ready to expand. You got to get ready to teach. You got to get ready to love. You got to get ready to feed. You got to get ready to nurture. You got to get ready to nourish. You got to get ready to sacrifice. You got to get ready to give. Because what did he say? It's going to take everybody. Now, if you want... A man made revival, we can have two people over the next weekend, and my husband and I can contain it. But if you want a God sized revival, then you got to see yourself as part of this motherhood, and it's going to take you. So let me ask you if you are ready, ready to receive what God is ready to birth. If you are, I want you to stand to your feet. It is... this it time. It's a kairos. It is a kairos moment. And before we go into delivery, we got to prepare. We got to prepare. So if you are somebody that wants to cut... If you, let me just use this cup, if you're somebody without the heart of a mother, you won't give a newborn a bottle with a newborn nipple. You'll cut the end off of that nipple and try to drown the baby with too much. you got to have the heart of a mother. Don't you give them more more than they can handle yet. Don't you feed a newborn baby steak and kill them. And I said in one of the videos, a mother that will not adapt, either the mother will die or the baby will die or both. We will not be what Satan tried to introduce. We're not the vehicle on the side of the road. We're the, we are the ministry that is going 122 miles an hour, birthing babies into the kingdom of God. We're going to have to be adaptable and we're going to have to sacrifice. So I want you, if you're Haley is a spiritual baby, we're going to have more testimonies just like that. But if you know that it's time for you to engage and you don't want to miss out on what God wants to do in you and through you in this Kairos moment, I want you to come. It's a different, kind. it's not an altar call. It's a call to action. It's a call. I don't want to say a call to motherhood because it's not feminine. It's not feminine. It's a call to action. It's a call to action. Do you have something to sing, Lex? Can you sing? I'm gonna let everybody that wants to come, come, because it's gonna take every single one of us. And it's not gonna be one at a time. It's gonna be multiple at a time. Where two got delivered at a time, now there's gonna be at least four delivered at a time. When you have zero plan to get baptized, you're gonna have five get baptized. That's what God is doing, okay? So as Lexi sings, I want everybody right now to prepare your heart. I want you to get rid of all bitterness. I want you to get rid of all ego. I want you to get rid of anything that would stand in the way of you being a healthy mother for spiritual babies that God is going to birth Fresh wind coming
2: do something new in us again. Do something new again
0: You've got a roll in this. this do, new do not judge this new season by failures of past seasons if you have thrown the line out to spread the good news of jesus and you've been rejected it's not a season where you're going to be rejected this time people are hungry so throw the line again throw the line on the throw the net on the other side People are needing to know about freedom. If you've talked about freedom before and somebody said, "Ooh, I don't want it. Now they're going to say, give it to me. How do I get this? How do I get this? Okay. So if you have backed off because you've been rejected too much, it is time for us to birth something that only God could conceive in us. I want you to say, lift your hands, everybody together, and we're going to go. I want you to say, Lord Jesus... I surrender to what you are producing in us as your body, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, you're dismissed. You can go. Be encouraged. See you Friday night.